Thanks for tuning in to How's Things, a podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Nick Gunning, and today I'm joined by my old pal, Kate Miller. Kate, Aww. welcome back. Old pal. That's right. Huh? How long has it been now? Uh, it's been like five years. I know. That's, Very nearly. At that's least. legit. You know, the last time we were recording a podcast together, it was remote because my brain was addled with COVID. <laughs> I'm glad it's not and anymore. Now, yeah, and it, it lingered. It did linger, <laughs> but I'm I'm fully back to normal. Have you read any more Moon Girl or, and or Devil Dinosaur since we last spoke? I haven't either, actually. I have such a long to be read list. Yeah. That that, like, it keeps getting bumped down. For Christmas, my wife got me the original, like, 70s Jack Kirby Devil Dinosaur oh. collection because I've never had it. I read Sweet. it on the app, but I don't have it, like, physically. Right. And my son and I do this book club thing where, like, we'll right. pick a book and read it together. And so I was like, maybe he could read Devil Dinosaur. Sure. How did, did he like it? He did. Yeah, it was. I don't doubt it. He's kind of a dinosaur guy, though, he, right? Yes. Yes. Not not as much as, as Eric, our uh, right, old uh, team librarian, Eric. <laughs> but, uh, he, yeah, he, he was into it. His complaint was that it was too, he thought it was going to be, like, one long story. And the original is very, like... Uh, issue oh, issue issue it's like episodic okay. sure but no he did like it well that's he did good like then. It. so it was kind of fun to revisit uh, the world of devil dinosaur oh. today we're going to be talking about the youth media awards and this is kind of funny because uh if you've listened to the podcast before you know that historically kate you've been a bit of a curmudgeon about being <laughs> on the podcast but i want i want to disagree but but you're not wrong. <laughs> last year January came and went, and we didn't do an episode about this. <gasps> we didn't, did and we? when you were on for Dang Women's pandemic. History Month for March, before we started recording, you were like, hey, what the heck? Why didn't we do the <laughs> Youth Media Awards? So I guess maybe I found one that you I guess actually maybe. want to do. This is one that I, I guess I'm like, yes, we yeah. can do this. Yeah. So many other things. I'm like, I don't know. Okay. But All right. Youth Media Awards, sure. We can do this. Spoiler alert. I find this list of awards to be a, a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. A little uneven. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. So, I don't there, know. There will be some discussion. I don't know. We'll get into it, but first, <laughs> let's get into our books, see where our bookmarks are at. Kate, what have you been reading? <sighs> a little bit too much. I tend really? to bite off more than I can actually chew at the beginning okay. of the year, it seems like. Yeah. I got to my goal last year. I wanted to read 46 books. I actually okay, ended up 46. reading 48. Wait, you wanted to read 46 specifically? Yes. That's such an unusual number. I, I've been bumping it up gradually. Like by a, by a book? By a book or two, oh, depending on okay. how close I get to my goal. Okay. So I think probably the year before was 45 and I just got there. You so just this want, year okay. I got to 50 or, or 48. Uh, and so this year my goal is 50. Okay. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to read all the books. And I've been a little slower than uh -huh. I wanted to. Um, I have been reading Little Women. Ooh. for like two years <laughs> fair enough we did that for a book club a few years back Holy. and i was i did not enjoy it my mother is like it's one of my favorite books i sat down and mm. read it in just a couple of days and i was like really so i'm working my way through it for for the love of my mother um <laughs> the mysterious benedict society i think when i was on for yeah mm, the dragon and moon girl and moon girl devil dinosaur Dino yeah devil it was dinosaur, it was picture book month when yes. we really got into so that like yeah november. november yeah the kids and i are still reading that oh it's really good okay we're just really slow okay my son and i were reading a david williams book then that you and i were talking about I can't remember what it was called. It was about a woolly mammoth, the ice monster. Okay. And we were talking about how it's it's very influenced by a rolled doll mm -hmm. type mm -hmm. vibe. 
And so we finished that one, and he picked another one from the back of the book, another one by this author, and it's called Gangsta Granny. And it's about a kid who gets stuck with his grandma every weekend and hates going there. And she's so boring. And then he discovers that like in her youth, she was this renowned jewel thief. Oh my God. And so suddenly he's very interested and they hatch a plan to steal the crown jewels. So that sounds awesome. That's uh, that's my parent reading of the moment is gangsta <laughs> granny. And it's fun. It is. It's, it's a fun book, right? but really like, I, I that's kind of out of left field. It is. But, but as a role doll fan, I really, I think I was a little on the fence. Like, will you just find this annoying because it's trying to be rolled doll or will you kind of like vibe with it? I kind of think you'd like it. Oh my gosh. I so, think I would too. That you know. one, I might have to look that yeah, up. Yeah. 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 Anyway, oh, what else, funny. what else you got on the list? Oh, Margaret Rogerson is a young adult fantasy author. Okay. I've read, she, I'm, she just released her third novel, Vespertine. Okay. And I got that for Christmas and I desperately want to read it. Uh-huh. And I started a chapter and then I had to put it down to read other things. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and I'm le- reading Lore Olympus. I love Lore Olympus. I love Lore Olympus. Yeah. I did not know anything about the, the webtoons or yeah. whatever it is. But I think this was mentioned in yeah. the Youth Media Awards. Yes, it, it was an honor or something. I think yeah, maybe it was an honor for Prince, I think. It might have been. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I saw that on the shelf. So I grabbed it. Yep. I'm already like halfway through. Yeah. It's only been a couple of days. There's yeah. so much fun. It's super good. And, you know, I think it was um, it was in the running for a Goodreads Choice Award for graphic novel. That's oh, when I first saw be. it. But Allie, our youth librarian, yeah. is big into like the webtoon world, which I know nothing about. Me neither. And so Laura Olympus was kind of me dipping my toe in there. And, and I really loved it. And she'd been a fan of it back when it was just like digital only, yes. you know, so she's, she's more hip than you or I. Yeah. Well, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I liked it. I passed it on to my wife and she's really digging I it. Know, so there's the, so much fun. This, we'll talk about it later, but the second volume in print is supposed to come out a little later this year. So. Good. That'll be good. Well, I'm glad you're liking it. I don't know if I'm hip enough to stay up with the webtoons. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ellie's like, yeah, they come out every week. I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Crickets. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm reading the February book club book, A Deadly Inside Scoop. I'm only yes. a few chapters into it. It is so sugary it sweet is. though. It is. Yeah. And it's 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 fun though. It's I, light and fluffy yes, so far. I feel I can't I feel like I should warn you. This this was I finished that book, Deadly okay. Inside Scoop, Abby Colette. Uh, and uh, we're doing this the third Tuesday of every month, 1030 with coffees and snacks and stuff, and we're reading a cozy mystery. This is the pick of the month. My hot take on this one was that I kind of would have preferred the murder to not be a part of it. Like I was more interested in just like, yeah, let's rehab this like dated ice cream shop that your family used to run. And and I haven't gotten to the murder part of it. And you won't for a while. Oh, oh (laughs) man. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop, knowing that it's a murder mystery. I'm like, oh, this is cute. She's. It sounds beautiful. I'd love to see you know this play out. But I'm like, and where's the murder? And again, I'm only like three, four chapters in. Uh So I was just kind of waiting, but I'm gonna have to keep waiting. Yes, you will. It takes a while for the murder to come in, and then it's really backburnered for another big stretch. And so by the time you finally get down to it, they're really investigating it. I was kind of like over it by that point but you know that's just well like she's she's just getting to the shop on her first day of opening it and there was like a man standing outside i'm like is the dead body in the shop you know like what's gonna happen and i'm like oh no just the lost puppy yeah it's uh, (laughs) it's marketed as a cozy mystery but i would kind of say Maybe that's not really what it is. Not but the strong point of we'll it. We'll decide at the yeah. book club. We, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll get there. Before we move on from graphic novels, you you were reading the uh, the Beast Boy graphic novels, I did. You? I read Raven a while ago. I might have even had an art copy of it. I liked Raven quite and a bit. And I really liked Raven. Yeah. 
And then I saw Beast Boy Loves Raven. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. I picked that one up, not realizing it was the third in the series. Yeah, yeah. So I finished it and went back and read Beast Boy. Beast Boy was a little underwhelming for me. I felt the same way. I haven't actually gotten to Beast Boy Loves Raven. But as a package, it was cute. Yeah. Like, I liked it overall. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the, the Beast Boy Raven one. But I, yeah, I didn't. I had the same I had the same reaction. I was kind of like, meh, whatever. And I, I figured that was probably because I read it out of order, but maybe not. Mm, then. I don't think so. It was just a I think it's like, just oh, not as it's okay. not as good a story. Not so. as invested in it. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so I've finished those three. So Okay. That, they were fun. Uh I so I finished a few. I read one called um Tide Pool by Nicole Wilson. I don't remember how this got on my radar. I feel like it was an episode when Allie was on and we were talking about upcoming books and this one popped up. And it's it's um I don't know if I would say fantasy. I guess it is fantasy. I guess it is fantasy. The cover looks fantasy. Yeah, and it's about this small town that has this dark secret and like bodies start sort of washing up on the shore Mm -hmm. and these people are there from out of town looking to um potentially uh turn it into a vacation spot then again and the town doesn't want that (laughs) and you kind of find out why so it goes in directions that i was not expecting and i think pretty well sticks the landing it's the kind of book where it's like you start, you have a shift, and you're like, oh, that's what this book is about. And then you get to a point where it's like, oh, this could really take a nosedive. But I feel like it really, it did work. Interesting. And it it was, it took some big swings, and I think pulled it off. So Now, is it a standalone, or will it continue into a series? Do you know? Mm, I No, I think it's pretty well wrapped up at I, the it, end. Those are kind of nice, especially when they take yeah. those big swings, and it lands, and it's just like, okay, be done. Yes. This is, this is a good package. I think it would be possible to maybe write something that's set in the same world but sure. like tide pool 2 i think would be very difficult yeah. to pull off yeah. so well that's cool i read that we name dropped eric earlier but he and i have been reading a title called immortal hulk together hmm. it's a 50 issue run of the incredible hulk and it's specifically dealing with like is the hulk immortal and it started really cool and sort of like a little philosophical about sure. like life and death and everything it's gotten to full out gross out body horror. Oh no. So he's hanging in there a little bit more than I am, but this last issue I was just like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> so we'll see. We're about halfway through. About halfway oh, through. Immortal boy. Hulk. And then Deadly Inside Scoop, of course, which I mentioned. Yes. Uh, Also currently reading Gangsta Granny, which we do have in our collection. So if the title intrigues you, we've got it right here. You'll have to wait till I read it though. Yes. (laughs) Yep. I will. I, so I, Normally, I used to have a much longer commute, and so I would just like right. burn through audiobooks, not, not having so that anymore. same thing. So I've been listening to this same audiobook for a long time, and it's Carnival of Snackery by David Sedaris. It's a volume two of his collected diaries. <laughs> um, it, I don't think it would work as a traditional book. We have it. We have the print sure. book. But it's, I mean, it's audio or nothing for me at David Sedaris. So. Uh, I'm I am really liking it. The first diary collection was a little bit more. I mean, it just is diaries. So right. often it'll just sort of be like, okay, here's a little thing that happened. Moving on. Okay. Not very cohesive, and so hard to read in a big setting. This one I feel like is a little bit more fleshed out, and I'm just liking it more. Well, that's cool. Then. So liking that, and then I'm also reading one called A New Dawn by Joshua Jackson Miller. It's a Star Wars book. It's actually the first. When Disney bought Star Wars and they were like, all right, forget all the old stuff. We're going to have our own Disney canon of Star That's what Wars. Disney does. This was the book that kind of launched that. And I've never read it, but it deals with the characters from Star Wars Rebels, which I really I like quite a bit. Okay. So 
I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm probably halfway through. So I like that your bookmark here has g- gangsta gran- granny, <laughs> gangsta granny, yeah, and a carnival of snackery. The, like yeah. the two titles just sound like so much fun, so whimsical. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. I'm just like it makes me happy. They're good titles. <laughs> They're good titles. Uh, have you been watching anything good? I know this is always like a, a, a trap that I lay for you, and I don't mean to, but it I'm is. curious. But you know. It has gotten so much better since really? I started working here and doing the podcast. Well, because yes. then I was like, I don't know. I don't watch yeah. anything. True. But your kids are older now. And yes. that gives you a lot more freedom. And now we can all watch a little bit more yes. together. Yeah. This past, let's see, Martin Luther King Day weekend. Yeah. It was kind of nasty out yes, because we got sure all was. that snow. Yeah. And so like we did, we went out and played in the snow, which was nice. But that weekend we watched like three fairly new movies. Really? Yes. We okay. watched Eternals. Oh, I saw Eternals. Yes, yeah. and we watched Hotel Transylvania 4. I've weirdly seen 1 and 3, and that's really? it. Really? I don't know why. No. <laughs> Ace really likes them. Scott Does and I are kind of like, eh, we could really live yeah. without this. Yeah. But Ace really likes them. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was new. It was free. Yeah. So we did it. <laughs> um, And we watched... I feel like we watched one more, but we've watched Encanto a couple oh, yeah. of times. Yeah, Have okay. you seen Encanto? I did. Yeah, we saw it in theaters, oh, actually. We don't talk about Bruno, yeah. so oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, is Westy obsessed? No, he, he enjoyed it quite a bit, and he has liked the soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ace gets control over the remote for a little bit after school. Oh, Because nice. like, Lily's yeah, got her we've phone. Got, we've got some set times. Yeah, yeah, and he likes he likes to get on YouTube, and I can't tell you how many times he's listened to We Don't Talk About Bruno mm. and Surface Pressure just like on over repeat. Over and over. Yeah. Finally got to a point where Scott was like, give me the remote. And Ace is like, Why? And Scott turns the movie on again. He goes, if you're going to listen to it this much, we're just going to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just as happy as could be, though. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I sort of feel like that soundtrack almost works better just as as a listening thing. It does. Because that was one of my critiques about the movie, I felt like. that Same. It was like, oh, okay, let's stop the movie and do a song. Yes. And then we'll continue the movie. And that was my thing because when we first watched it, I was like, oh. Like, I didn't love it at first. Yeah. And then... Ace listened to the songs a million times, and I was like, all right, yeah. I really like the songs. And then we went back and watched it all together again, and I was like, okay, it really is a solid movie. Yeah. But same thing, like I think about Beauty and the Beast or yeah. Aladdin or some of the older Disney films where it's like the songs were just seemingly woven exactly. into the story. You couldn't cut the songs out. No, you wouldn't know what was, was going on. It was yeah. exactly what needed to happen there and then. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like the songs in the movie, completely different, yeah. completely different things. Right. Which is okay i guess but it's harder for me to swallow i agree in, all in one sitting i agree uh i mean i'm gonna issue a spoiler alert warning for encanto because there's one <laughs> thing that I, I want to talk about okay. so if you haven't seen encanto i'm gonna talk about something that happens in the end so just you know do what you need to do <laughs> mute us for a minute here spoilers spoilers i think it's really lame that it ends with them just having the magic again do you know what I mean? It's like yes. that was the whole thing that was kind of holding them together, but it was also like tearing them apart and causing all this right. friction. And then it's like, we're going to find a new path forward and the whole town comes together and builds this town. But then they just have the magic again. I I don't really get the arc of that. I felt like it was all Mirabelle. Mirabelle needed okay. to be the glue yes. to keep them together, right. which then when she gets the doorknob that when she puts it into the door and the magic comes right. back, I felt like it was... It was okay. her, like her contribution. lack of power yes. that brought them back together to be like, you don't need your power to be special, to yes. be loved. And that kind of, you know, right. was more that character 
But I can see. Yes. Yes. I can okay. see what you're saying. I, too, I will though. accept. I will it accept. It was a little like, oh, poof, there's yeah. magic again. Yeah. But I just, yeah, <laughs> it was sort of like, so then what do we really learn if the end goal right. is to just have the thing we had before? But that was one song. Know. The end, like, it's not as impressive of a song as some of the others that are popular, but the one at the end where, you know, we're all stars and we don't shine, we burn, yeah. et cetera. But, you know, going through like, you don't have to be special to be loved. You don't have to always carry the burden True. too. And I, I felt like that was kind of one song that I was like, oh, that does tie into the story a little bit better. Yeah. So that was kind of where I was like, oh, okay, this is their point that they've been getting to. I can't remember if we've talked about this or not, but speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda written music, right? animated shows, did you guys watch Vivo, the movie Vivo? You know, we started it, but it was on a day when the weather was actually oh, decent. Too good. And the kids were like, we just want to go outside and play. It's a, much, it's a much simpler movie. I was originally intended to be theatrical and then, you know, the world. And so oh, it's like Netflix. I think it's gotcha. just on Netflix. Yes. Um, and it's just much more, you know, they're they're trying, they're traveling, trying to get this like forgotten song to this singer. Oh, okay. It's, it's a real simple plot. Um, but for whatever reason, like my wife and son and I, we all watched it together and he loved it. Really? And we laughed pretty hard. Huh. Like throughout, it was just a very pleasant kind of thing. It doesn't have, I don't know that there's really a standout song in it, but the music is like fun. It's just okay. a little bit more, I don't know if that's a soundtrack you'd just listen to. Right. You know? But to go along with the movie. But yeah, but I did, worked. but we all did like it quite a bit. Well, that's good then. I'll have to, I'll, maybe I'll tell Ace. Okay. That Westy liked yes, it. That'll, that'll convince him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. He also <laughs> read the um, novelization of it oh, there because you go. he loved it so much. Oh but. my gosh. What did you think of the Eternals? Meh. Yeah. I I wanted to like it more yeah. than I actually did. Same. And I felt like there was almost too much uh-huh. in there. Yeah. We're like, okay, what all yes. are we unpacking? And there was just so much going on. I felt like time stopped while I was watching that movie. I was like, <laughs> how is there still two hours of this it was, left? It was rough. And two hours know, remaining. We we have the dog and we have the kids and we usually stop the movie yeah. if anybody needs to get up and do yeah. something. And it was like, we got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, this is the third time we've stopped this and uh-huh. we're only an hour in. Yep. And I'm like, okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Yeah. It was, I don't know. Yeah. I know. I know. I felt the same way. That's all I can really say. I felt the same way. Taking it back to Devil Dinosaur, both The Eternals and Devil Dinosaur were 70s output from Jack Kirby. And Ah. so I have read the original Eternals from the 70s. And I don't know. It plays a little better in comic book form. Yeah. Does it follow pretty closely? Or was it really just like a redo? Uh, I think if you. I think if you lay out what the plot is, the the basic premise of what the Eternals are mm-hmm. and the Celestials like that, the dynamics are the same. I think the way they go about it is a lot differently. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the comics is that Jack Kirby was known for his like chaotic and vibrant art. Oh, okay. And so I don't know why you would adopt. I didn't adapt, see that. No. Why you'd adapt something like that and make it such a, drab visual very gray i don't understand that that's kind of too bad then you know whatevs uh i'm trying to think we we watched the tender bar recently it's it's a Mm. it's a movie that's on prime really good it was about this kid who kind of i don't know he grows up with with his mom and his uncle and his uncle runs this bar and his uncle is kind of like i don't know the 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 
guide of his life. He's the Obi-Wan okay. Kenobi. Gotcha. And it's just about this kid kind of making his way. And it's great soundtrack directed by George Clooney. Huh. Um, ben Affleck plays the uncle. Ty Sheridan's the nephew. It was just really good. I don't know. I just, I enjoyed it in a way I feel like I haven't enjoyed a movie in a while. So that was super good. You know, we don't have great luck with movies on Prime mm. or shows on Prime Same. or anything yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. So anytime we get on there, we're like, how good is this really yeah. going to be? We only, good to know that that's a good we one. We only though. have it temporarily because my wife just loves the Wheel of Time and needed oh, to watch the go. series. So normally we don't have it, but she right. was like, I must watch Wheel of Time. So <laughs> that we did. There you go. Uh, and I also watched Being the Ricardos, which was only so-so. Hmm. Uh, and we just started watching Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and oh, Selena okay. Gomez. Selena Gomez from Hotel Transylvania. There you go. <laughs> and that's been fun. So that's, uh, that's our watch list as of late. Anything you're anticipating, looking forward to? It's kind of a drought, I feel um, like, we, right now. But. I think so, too. And we did, we actually went to the theater. This is the Ooh. first time we've been to the theater in years. Yeah. But we saw the new Spider-Man movie. Yes. Which was fantastic. So good. So we can't good. wait to for it to, like, come out on DVD yep. so that we can just binge, like, oh, even the yeah. bad Tobey Maguire Go back to the Tobies, yeah. And go through all of them. Yep. Because it was so funny to see them bring all the Spider-Mans it really into was. that one. And yeah. I was like, you know, we've never seen the amazing Spider-Man movies. Oh, okay. So we kind of missed a couple of the jokes there, yeah. but we're like, okay, when this comes out, we're just going to yeah. watch everything. Some of the, yeah, some of the things they resolved from the amazing Spider-Man, There's there was some real, like, it was surprisingly emotional. Right? Because the amazing Spider-Man movies, I, I don't know. I mean, they're not top tier, but I also think they get a bum rap. I think Andrew Garfield is really good in them. And I think his chemistry with Emma Stone is just undeniable right. and fun to watch. So Well, and he was good in this he one. He was. He was like, great. I really liked him. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about him before that. Right. I was like, I think he could be a good Spider-Man. Yeah, he could, I don't yeah. know if anybody's better than Tom Holland, honestly, but mm, yeah. I, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, I think all kind of seeing them all together, it kind of crystallized that they each bring a different part of spider-man out yeah. like they kind of what they focus on is different but they all feel very spider-man-y to me yeah. i think andrew garfield's i appreciate the quippiness of that spider-man mm-hmm. which toby mcguire spider-man is not quippy in the no, slightest he was very very melodramatic yeah very melodramatic <laughs> but that's the tone of those movies that's, exactly you know, that's it, the was, whole it thing. was the time too yep. yeah absolutely all right uh well let's move into some book news so a lot of times we look at the new york times bestseller list but i wanted to look this week at barnes and noble's top 100 look into the future to see what it proves it's time for book news this is an interesting list because it is everything i mean it could be picture books it could be fiction it could be nonfiction. it's just what they're selling the most of and it also includes pre-orders and there's a lot of pre-orders on this list so Hmm. Now, is, now, what kind of time frame are we looking at here? Does it say like oh, within the past 30 days good or good question that I don't have the answer to? <laughs> well, it just, you know, is it like all of 2021 bestsellers yeah, or things no, like that? I don't know. It's updated pretty frequently. Okay. I use this quite a lot when I'm like looking ahead sure. um, and, and for like audiobooks and that kind of thing, because it's just sort of helpful. It, it I feel like it takes the temperature in a way that a bestseller list doesn't always definitely because there are books that are super popular here that I don't feel like are the books that you tend to run out and buy. You know what I mean? Agreed. So like sales are not always, no, no, you know, and I as agree. we always discuss with the, especially the children's bestseller mm-hmm. list, it's the same book for five for years. Five years. So yes. like, you know, forever. And even with the young adults sometimes too, I feel like John Green was on there for a really long time. Sorry, I, my mind just got blown here. I looked a little bit down farther and saw one called Run, Rose, Run, written by Dolly Parton and James Patterson. What? 
coming out March 7th, 2022. This is actually number 12 on the list. But, How dare he? But we're not... <laughs> But we're not going to skip this, okay? So I'm going to I'm gonna have to read everything about this to you. So buckle in. Yeah. From America's most beloved superstar and its greatest storyteller. Mm. Um, we could have left James Patterson off of yeah. there. Maybe still been okay. Greatest storyteller. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're counting quantity, maybe. Yes, there Greatest you go. in a measure of like weight <laughs> and most. heft of the books. Sure. Uh, a thriller. A thriller. Dolly Parton's writing a thriller? I could see it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to put anything past her, but uh, okay. A thriller about a young singer-songwriter, sure, on the rise and on the run and determined to do whatever it takes to survive. Every song tells a story. She's a star on the rise singing about the hard life behind her. She's also on the run. Find a future, lose a past. Nashville is where she's come to claim her destiny. It's also where the darkness she's fled might find her and destroy her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Run, Rose, Run is a novel glittering with danger and desire, a story that only America's number one beloved entertainer and its number one best-selling author could have created. Mm. So, okay. I, I really wish okay. that we just didn't have the whole James Patterson part well, to it. Well, it's there. It it's part so of there. it. You can't be denied. Also, they have an opaque blue vinyl... Uh, called Run, Run, Rose, Run by Dolly Parton. So I guess there's an... I mean, why not? Why well, not have an album that goes I mean, with it? So, I feel like that just makes sense. Yeah. So you can find either of those in March. That was wow. number 12 on the list, but wow. just out of necessity, we had to discuss I think it. Dolly had to go first, though. I she mean, did. She did. She demanded All it. right. So here's the true top 10. Okay. This book is coming out September 6, 2022, but it is getting a lot of buzz already, and that's Stephen King's Fairy Tale. Legendary storyteller Stephen King goes deep into the well of his imagination in this spellbinding novel about a 17-year-old boy who inherits the keys to a parallel world where good and evil are at war and the stakes could not be higher for their world or ours. This was Stephen King's pandemic book. A lot of weird books coming out. John Grisham has a collection of novellas coming out that was just like his pandemic writing so interesting Can, uh, honest here for a second yeah i've never read a stephen king not a single one not a single one okay that one actually sounded a little interesting to me though yes well I, so he's got his dark tower series which is like his fantasy series which right. some people love some people swear by nikki right here at the mm -hmm. library loves the dark right. tower they don't do much for me uh but i but i'm a stephen king fan i don't know if this one would jump right to the top of my list but <laughs> apparently uh this is a quote from stephen king uh, what could you write that would make you happy? This is a question he asked himself early in the pandemic. As if my imagination had been waiting for the question to be asked, I saw a vast deserted city, deserted but alive. I saw the empty streets, the haunted buildings, a gargoyle head lying overturned in the street. <laughs> I saw smashed statues of what I didn't know, but I eventually found out. I saw a huge sprawling palace with glass towers so high their tips pierced the clouds. I saw a magic sundial that could turn back time. Those images released the story I wanted to tell. And that's fairy tale. So this might be your first Stephen King. Maybe. Okay. I'll check back in Maybe. in September. I'll have to write it down so I remember. <laughs> Number nine on the list, Hook, Line, and Sinker. Boy, so many opportunities for a pun there in right? this, but nothing. Just Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa mm. Bailey. This is the follow-up to It Happened One Summer. Tessa Bailey delivers another deliciously fun rom-com about a former player who accidentally falls for his best friend while trying to help her land a different man. Really mining some new territory here. I'm like, book. that's number nine? Number nine, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's interesting about this list. All right. Uh, here's what I don't know about. Maybe you will. Uh, this is part of the Inheritance Games <gasps> series. 
Oh, yes? Oh, yes. You do. You do <laughs> Jennifer Lynn Barnes, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. The Final Gambit. <gasps> when is that one due out? August 30th, 2022. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's me waiting until okay. September for this book. Avery's fortune, life, and loves are on the line in the game that everyone will be talking about. So I, is this YA? What is yes. this? Yes. Okay, so tell me about it. Um. So I read the first one is The Inheritance Games. Okay. And I think I actually mentioned it last time because I had just finished the, the second ha- the one. Hawthorne Legacy. The Hawthorne yes, Legacy. Yes, I remember you talking about one. that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. So this will be the third one in that series. Okay. And there's just, it's a constant puzzle. Okay. And this girl, Avery, inherited billions oh, out of nowhere. I do remember you talking about And so about they had this. to figure out why she's getting yes. it. And the family okay. wanted to try to okay. kill her, but they couldn't do that because yeah. they wouldn't inherit and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's just this whole labyrinth. And it's fun. It's huh. fast-paced and really fun to read. Okay. Yeah, I actually got Scott to read the first one, and he read it in a matter of a couple of days. Wow. And I took him home the second one. I was like, I think this one's even better. Yeah. And he's he's kind of stalled because yeah. he's not always a huge reader. So I'm like, but you've got to read it. Yeah. you got to finish it. Well, apparently the Barnes & Noble exclusive edition comes with a never-before-seen short story featuring the Hawthorne brothers, a puppy, leather pants, and karaoke. <laughs> so, you know, if you those... Know, I did, I, it was like, okay... Uh, a puppy in leather pants. I'm like, what is happening here? So which was the one that you were like, okay, now I have to read it. Was it the karaoke, the I puppy, think so. or the it leather was, pants? I think it was just the combination. The combination. Like, are they all in a room together? Fair is enough. this happening? I don't know. Fair enough. But I'm interested, and I may end up having to buy the Barnes & Noble exclusive Okay. Now. Next on the list is Book of Night by Holly Black. So I've only read The Spiderwick hmm. Chronicles by Holly Black. I've read a handful of Holly Black. This is her first adult novel, apparently. Okay. This is her adult debut, Book of Night, a modern dark fantasy of shadowy thieves and secret societies in the vein of Ninth House and the Night Circus. Oh, I read the Night Circus. I didn't read the Night Circus. I bet you'd like that. Probably. Aaron Mortensen, I want to say, is the author there. Sounds right. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I've read a handful of Holly Black. She writes The Cruel Prince, okay. The Queen of Nothing, those books. I really like those. Those are like so, a fantasy with the fae and fairies kind is of. Is this a thing where like she puts out a new book, you're likely to read it? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, usually. Okay. And if I run out of things to read, I'm like, maybe I'll see if she has anything else that I haven't read. Okay. Uh, We mentioned this earlier, but next on the list here is Laura Olympus Volume 2, which is coming out, what does it say here? July 5th. So not that long. I'm going to have to put these like in my Goodreads to read for the month. So July, I've got that one. August, I've got the next Jennifer Lynn Barnes. A lot of good stuff coming out. Uh, Let's see if you know about this one. The War of Two Queens by Jennifer Armentrout. Anything? No. Okay. From the New York Times bestselling author comes book four in her Blood and Ash series. Hmm. It's not your thing. You don't know about this. Huh. Not I one I've picked up at I least. don't want to say that's a failure on your part, but it's mm-hmm. it's at least a failing. Well noted. Can okay. we agree? <laughs> All right. Uh, love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood is next. From New York Times bestselling author of The Love Hypothesis comes a new Steminist rom-com. <laughs> steminist? Steminist. What is yeah. that? Like STEM with yeah. feminist? Yes. How did I not know that was a thing? I don't. I didn't know it either until okay. I read this and looked it up. I like that. Uh, <laughs> a <laughs> Steminist think. rom-com in which a scientist is forced to work on a project with her nemesis with explosive results. Hmm. They're, so they're probably going to fall in love. Yeah. Do you think? Probably. Okay. The next one here, I, it's there's not even a synopsis for it. It's not until September. Kingdom of the Feared. It's book three in the Kingdom of the Wicked series by Carrie Maniscalco. Do you know this? Nope. Huh. That one doesn't ring a bell either. Okay. Kingdom of the Wicked, Kingdom of the Cursed were the first two, and now Kingdom of the Feared. 
So it sounds like one of those cheesy young adult kind of things that I'm like, does. oh, another kingdom of something. It, yes. It, well, it says it's published by Little Brown Books for Young Readers. Hmm. So it says 14 to 18 is the age range. So, yes, I would imagine this yeah. is YA. Yeah, that's probably something I'd pick uh, up. All right. Two more. Oh, I know you'll know this one. House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Maas. <gasps> yes. When is that one supposed Crescent to come out? Crescent City Series number two, February. Okay. Yeah. February, February 15th. I've got to finish all the books on my list. Oh, man. Sequel to the number one New York Times bestseller, Sarah J. Maas's Sexy Groundbreak. Sexy? It was. It was spicy. Oh. Yeah. Are they normally? I guess I didn't um, realize that. So this was the the la- that one, mm, the first one. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. Crescent City? Yes. Okay. That was the first of the series. Okay. And I think she's on a more oh, adult okay. path here. Okay. So the steam factors turned so up that one, yes. a little bit. Yes. Okay. Quite a bit. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah J. Moss's sexy groundbreaking Crescent City series continues with the second installment, Bryce Quinlan and Hunt Althalar. That's a that's a rough name to say. Well, he's like a like a angel kind of, <laughs> of thing. Of so, course he is. Right? Makes are trying now. to get back to normal. They may have saved Crescent City. Oh, spoiler alert well, for Crescent City. Oops. <laughs> but so much upheaval in their lives lately, they mostly want a chance to relax, slow down, figure out what the future holds. In this sexy, action-packed sequel, Sarah J. Moss weaves a captivating story of a world about to explode and the people who will do anything to save it. Sounds about right. Okay. I've only read her Catwoman book. That's the extent of my Sarah J. Moss. I really liked her, um, I don't know, the court books. Oh, okay. I know what you mean. She's got two series. I can't get it. I can never get the actual correct names because they're one of those YA books Uh, where it's like the court of this, the knight of that. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know which one it was, but I liked it. Um, So I really liked one of her series. I kind of liked her other YA series. And this one is good and I'll pick it up and read it. Uh But it is, it's leaning toward that more like... The adult side I where see. there are the the sexy things and these things are going. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't really care to read uh, that. That's why I don't read adult books. Okay. Like, I like the young adults. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I'll pick it up. All right. Last on our list here, Book Lovers by Emily Henry. An insightful, delightful new novel from the number one New York Times bestselling author of Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation. Oh, People we I didn't read it, but People We Meet on Vacation was one of those ones that just kept showing up on the bestseller list. It seemed really? to be... Yeah, it was kind of a sleeper hit, I feel like. One summer, two rivals, a plot twist they didn't see coming. But now they will, because we know there's a plot right? twist. All right. Spoiler again. Nora yeah. Stevens' Life is Books. She's read them all, and she's not that type of heroine, not the plucky one, not the laid-back dream girl, and especially not the sweetheart. In fact, she on- the only people Nora is a heroine for are her clients, for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent and her beloved little sister, Abby. <laughs> all right. Book sure. lovers. I like the cover. It's two people sitting on suitcases passing books to each other. Okay. Looks cute. All right. So that's it for the Barnes & Noble uh, Top 100 list. I mean, there's 90 more. Yeah. 99. Well, be- or 89. 89 because, because of we, Dolly. Because of Dolly. Yep. Because of Dolly. Yep. So you can find that at more on barnesandnoble.com. Uh, let's turn it over to some Youth Media Awards. <laughs> Kate, let me ask you this professionally. Is this is this an award that you look forward to in a way that you're like, okay, we got to make sure we get all of these books? Do you use it as sort of a looking back on the past year to sort of rate, you know, if your finger's on the pulse collection-wise? Is it something as a reader that you're looking forward to? 
Feel free to answer any and all of those questions. <laughs> it's it well, my answer truly is a little bit of all of them anyway. Okay. Especially for the Newberry and like the Prince where they're yes. more just books that I would possibly just pick up to read. Uh-huh. I'm like, ooh, that's exciting to see that this was nominated as one of the best of the best. Yeah. All of the books that were listed. When it comes to the more diverse awards, like did I do well enough yeah. for our patrons and our community yeah. that I have these books on my shelf? Most years, I'm like, all right, we yeah. did okay. Yeah. You know, because we really, I really try to make sure that I'm getting the books that are being talked about mm-hmm. and that are, you know, showing a lot of representation sure. and those things. So so for the, the chapter books, the middle grade and, you know, young adult they're a little more personal, but for the, the uh-huh. picture books and easy readers and stuff, I'm like, yes, we got it. Nice. We had these for our patrons, yeah. for our community to to experience. So I know we've certainly talked about this off mic, but it does feel like diverse books is is a lot. It's a lot easier to get to in in picture books, junior and YA than I adult. I think so too. And so I hope that's like trickling up. I do too. You know. I don't think that's how trickles work, but maybe, <laughs> you know. We'll just tip it on. It's head, raising you know? like a steam, maybe. There you, there you go. Um, that was a nice Because analogy. it does feel like more and more, you know, that that's becoming easier. Whereas I feel like with adults, even choosing book clubs, you know, it, it can be a little challenging Absolutely. to make sure we're, we're covering, you know, what, what is representative of the community. It's, well, it's and that was one thing Allie and I were talking about with, I think, Hanukkah books. Yes, because, yeah. you know, I can find a handful yeah. of really good Hanukkah books for picture books. Yep. And she found a couple that were like middle grade. She goes, but I can't find a single yeah, young true. adult Hanukkah novel. Yep. It's weird. And I mean, I guess you don't write as much about the holidays for young adult kind of. Yeah. But yeah. still, it feels like there should be something right. out there. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, even in the youth section, you can see that there is a there is a gradual loss of it as, yeah. as things age up. So. Yeah, true, true. How do you want to tackle this list? Oh boy. How do you want to go in? Up for anything. <laughs> All right, let's save the Newberry and the Caldecott. That makes sense. All right, so you pick one and tell me about it. Uh, how about Credit Scott King? Let's do it. We did pretty well with that one. Okay. The Credit Scott King recognizes an African-American author and illustrator of outstanding books for children and young adults. That This one is the uh, book award. Yes. Uh, the winner this year was Unspeakable, the Tulsa Race Massacre, written by Carol Boston Weatherford. Yeah. And that was the book winner. Um, it was illustrated by Floyd Cooper. So we have this one, yeah. and we got it right off the bat because there was so much chatter about it. Oh, sure. And it is just got well, it, the it, most It got a starred review in, like, everything. Everything. Right? Like, the, it, it was bound to win a yeah. whole bunch of things. Oh, yeah. So I was I was glad to see that on this list a few times. Yeah, because it, it was um, what it was an honor book for Caldecott and and a few other things. Yep. Right. Um, it was also the Coretta Scott King Illustrator Book Award. Oh, okay. So okay. it got author and illustrator yeah. for Carol Boston Weatherford and then for um, Floyd Cooper. Yeah. So it won both of the the younger scheme of the Credit Scott Kings. I was impressed with this book. I, I did I read it to my son, like I read it aloud to my son. Mm-hmm. And you know, so obviously we had conversations after that. Yeah. But it's good it's a good conversation starter. And I it feel is. like it doesn't I mean this is such a horrific event, first of all. <laughs> I mean it, it's just yes. unspeakable is a good name for it, it because really it just is. it feels otherworldly mm-hmm. to talk about the Tulsa massacre. It just Absolutely. It's like we're talking about some dystopian sci-fi and not just like a thing that happened 100 years ago. Yeah. 100 years ago. Yeah. Not even hundreds Not of even years that ago. long ago. And so it's just, I don't know. It, it was It's weird for me as an adult to really have not even known that this was a thing until exactly. 
two years ago, I want to say. Yeah. And then I'm just like, wow. You know, and so what I, what I liked about this book was that it doesn't back away from, from the really terrible things that's in there, but it's presented in a way that I think kids could understand, and it kind of opens the door to have a, a deeper conversation about I it. I agree, and it, it is. It's a horrible it, topic. It, that's a really fine line to walk, and so that's impressive to me that they could do that. And I feel like a lot of picture books do a good job yeah, of, it's true. I don't want to say glazing over, but giving the necessary <laughs> information. Yeah while not making it harsh and painful right. for children. Right. You know, it does open doors to have, you know, be like, okay, yes, this is what happened and we can explore these yeah. topics more if you yeah. need to. But like it's it's so important that these kids know that this happened unfortunately absolutely and and just springing off what you're saying there about how they often will tend to just kind of glaze over certain things. I feel like usually in this kind of thing you don't have a specific and here's who did it. Oh, there. Here, that's true. Here's who to blame, and I feel like Unspeakable was really it did it did it, yeah. it kind of said like this this is how this happened and this is this these is are who, groups this responsible you know and yeah. and so yeah that I thought was a little unusual also necessary yes you know yeah and so I I think it's a very deserving book and I think it I it do too will be one that will be a part of the conversation going forward absolutely. You know, It'd be hard not to be. It's true. I, you know, I think if you look at the past in these awards, there's a lot of books, not just the Coretta Scott King Award. I just mean these books in particular. Uh, you look back at like a list of winners of Newberry or Caldecott, whatever, and be like, what the heck is that? Yeah. You know, it's like it hits in that year and then you never think about uh -huh. it again. Or you look back and you think like, really? That was you know? the one. But this one, I feel like it is is an important inclusion just in the literature of, yes. of this topic going forward so and the illustrations really were they were sharp and defined yeah. and just gorgeous yeah well, you, the pages. you get the emotion out of it you do you know, which you don't always absolutely there was one here that was uh, let me see what it was it was it was a nom it was um an honor an honor book a, a king illustrator honor book soul food sunday illustrated by cg yes. esperanza written by winsome bingham this was one that my son loved. Really? It's just fun to read out loud. It's bright. It's that bright. was one I missed. Well, I've got it right here because we just uh, we just finished reading it. But it's just about a big family like getting together and making food. So it's like all the food it prep. It is so vibrant. It is. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, it's oh. painted. It's just... He loved the story. He loved the pictures. Yeah, it's got a great mac and cheese recipe in the back of right? it. So, well, what you know. better is yeah. there than a good mac and cheese recipe in <laughs> I a know. book? I mean, I know. come on. Yeah. Oh, that one is gorgeous. So I liked that quite a bit. Oh, I like that too. Yep. That one, it's on my list now. It has okay. Been All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's take a look at some of the, I was looking at, uh, Locus. Locus is a sci-fi magazine. Okay. Um, and so they kind of pulled out the ones that were specifically for the kind of fell into the sci-fi area. So let's talk a little bit about last night at the Telegraph Club. Yes. That one got a few awards it too. Did. Awards and honors. So it's by Melinda Lowe. Uh, it won the Stonewall Book Award. It won, let's see, a few other things. The here. Prince, um, yep. honor. Yep. It won the Asian Pacific America Award for Literature. Uh, and yeah, the Prince Honor, like you said. Have you read this one? I haven't. Okay. I've seen it floating around on our shelves. It's got a great cover. Yeah, it, it does. It, really, it looks There's cool. a lot to draw you in on that cover. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it just it's, it's, was sweeping several awards. So yes. the, the Stonewall Book Award is given annually to English language children's and young adult books of exceptional merit relating to gay, lesbian, bisexual, and the transgender experience. 
So what what else won that? There was a couple winners in the Stonewall Award. Um, let's see. Too Bright to See, written by Kyle Lukoff. Oh yeah, uh huh. That's a junior um, book. Yep. yep. Last night at the Telegraph Club, and I think those were the only winners. Okay. There were three honor books: Almost Flying by Jake Maya Arlo, um, The Darkness Outside Us, written by Elliot Schreffer. Okay. And Granddad's Camper. Oh, I really like that one. <laughs> written and illustrated by Harry Woodgate. I haven't read it, but I love the title. It was so cute. <laughs> it's it's a picture book, so that one was a little bit easier for me to be like, oh, hey, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, but th- those were the honors. Okay. Can we talk about the Seuss Geisel Award for Ugh. a minute? <laughs> Every year. You know, this year I'm pretty happy because I did. I do have the winner. Yeah. I got the winner before it was published, which is always my goal. Or yeah. before, before it was published. <laughs> before the, the awards yep. were announced, yep. which is always my goal. But I'm also like, who? where do they find these? I, yeah. This one was a real head scratcher to me because in the past I've tend to like these. And my son is sort of aging out of this range right. of readers. But typically, whatever the Geisel one was, he would love. But yeah. the winner this time was Fox at Night, written and illustrated by Corey R. Tabor. And I feel like he's won before for this series. Am I right about that? I think Didn't so. Didn't Fox the Tiger also? Fox the Tiger, yeah. yep. That one was okay. Like, it was I, okay. I liked that one. This one, I just didn't really get it all. Well, and this says, you know, the Theodore Seuss Geisel is awarded for the most distinguished beginning reader. But I feel like there was more of a caveat to that when they announced it. They said something about like with a lot of imagination or this, that, and the other thing. And I didn't feel like Fox at Night really hit that mark. No. It's a fine beginning reader. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of, a lot of repeated phrases. Yes. You know, thinking there's a monster mm-hmm. and then, oh, it's a bat, it's a raccoon. The same, you know. the same terms. And there was a, a repetition there. So the kids knew what to expect. And then yeah. there was a little twist at the end and it was cute. But I don't think it was the most distinguished no, beginning I, reader. No, I guess I just, I just, I'm, I had no feelings about it. You no. know, I was just kind of like, whatever. Like Ace it, read it and he was like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Right. And then we were on to the next <laughs> yeah. thing. But, and like some of these other titles, Nothing Fits a Dinosaur, uh-huh. sounds hilarious. And it I can't does. wait to read it. Yeah. I have not gotten my hands on it yet, but I want to. Uh-huh. For a couple of years in a row, it seemed like they were going with ones that had more of like a comic booky kind of style. Yeah. Or, it was just things that were unique or interesting i mean dr seuss books are just so they have such a specific style they're mm-hmm. so creative with their words you know just the way they get your imagination going yes and maybe that's not the goal of the seuss award but i feel like it should I feel be like it should i mean be. it should be at least part of it so just yeah. like a fox being scared of the night and and running into you know nighttime creatures yeah it's just kind of basic i don't yeah. know i don't know yeah no i'm with you basic it's not to is say it's word. bad it's just no it's a perfectly fine yeah addition to a shelf but when, I suppose. you know I'm, I'm looking for an award book i don't know if i'm looking for no i know i know so yeah. i don't know no, I, yeah I'm with, you on that. <laughs> I'm with you on that okay so the american indian youth literature awards we had a handful of these okay they start uh, i think they've got three categories the picture book honors middle grade honors okay and then the young adult honors and then they announce their winner at the end of each of them um so a couple of the honors for the picture books were uh, classified The Secret Career of Mary Gold Ross, Cherokee Aerospace Engineer by Tracy Sorrell. Oh. Um, and I've, I know the author, but I don't know the uh, subject of the book. Have you ever read that one? No, I haven't yet, no. It's, it, that's always what amazes me about picture book biographies. I'm like, really? 
how did I not know about this yeah. before? And it's all just in this nice neat, nice, neat little package. Love it. Learning My Rights with Mouse Woman, written and illustrated by Morgan Asuf. I Sang You Down from the Stars by Tasha Spillett Sumner. That one we do own. And it's beautiful. The illustrations in that one are just gorgeous. Oh, yeah? Yes. I, it's one that I can just like look at the cover and be happy. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> it doesn't always happen, but I'm like, yeah. ah, it's so pretty. Um, and the last honor that I have on my list here is We Are Still Here, Native American Truths Everyone Should Know, also by Tracy Sorrell. Yeah. That's another good one. And we do have that one. Yeah, I've heard well. a lot of good things about yes, that. Yes, that is. That mm-hmm. is a good one. Middle grade honor books. Ella Cara Deloria, Dakota Language Protector by Di- Diane Wilson. Indigenous People's Day by Katrina M. Phillips. Jojo McCoon's The Used to Be Best Friend by Don Quigley. That sounds like a very typical middle be. grade. Yeah, very typical middle grade oh. book. <sighs> Let's see. Peggy Flanagan, Ogama Kui, Lieutenant Governor hmm. by Jessica Ingleking. And it looks like the last honor for the middle grade is The Sea in Winter by Christine Day. I feel like I remember hearing about that one as yeah. well. That, that sounded like a, a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then the young adult honor books, Elatso by Darcy Little Badger. Um, that one I know we have on our shelf and has been circulating like crazy. It doesn't seem like we can keep it on there. Mm. And then, of course, Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Booley. And that won a couple things that as won well. A that won things, the, the yes. Michael L. Prince Award. Yep. And I feel like there was at least one other award or honor in there as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hunting by Stars by Cherie Dimaline. And Notable Native People, 50 Indigenous Leaders, Dreamers, and Changemakers from Past and Present by Adrienne Keene. Oh, and one more. Sorry, I didn't highlight that one. Soldiers Unknown by Chag Lowry. Okay. So those were all of the American Indian Youth Literature Awards. Firekeeper's Daughter also won the Michael C. Morris Award for debut book. That was the that third. Was it. That was it. Yep. That third. Yes. Should we look at the Pura Belpre Awards? Sure. The Pura Belpre Awards are honoring Latinx writers and illustrators whose children's and young adult books best portray, affirm, and celebrate the Latino cultural experience. The winner of the Pura Belpre Youth Illustration Award was Vamos, Let's Cross the Bridge, illustrated oh, yeah. by Raul Gonzalez. I've seen that cover a lot. Yeah. I haven't read it. And a lot of, because there's like a Vamos let's go eat or yeah. something like that yeah. and another one series. but they're all vamos mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and and the colors are all very similar and the imagery is so close on the covers that it i mean it really is a series uh-huh. which you don't always get that kind con- yeah continuity it's true it's true when it's mm-hmm. picture books mm-hmm. but with those it's definitely clear that these are a whole package deal so that one won the um illustration award and then there were four youth illustration honor books. Boogie Boogie Y'all. That one won a couple of prizes. <laughs> I love that or title. A couple of honors, at least. I did too, and I had not heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Bright Star, illustrated by and written by Yuyi Morales, which I believe she won something a couple of years ago. Now. Uh, that sounds familiar, yeah. I can't remember what mm-hmm. it was now. But yes, I'm almost certain she did. And then there was another honor, De Aquí Como El Cookie. Illustrated and written by Nomar Perez. And May Your Life Be Deliciosa. Illustrated by Loris Laura. And written by Michael Jenhart. Okay. So those were our uh, illustration honor books. I failed on this one. I don't think I had any of those. Like I said, I had the other Vamos books, Uh but not Cross the Bridge. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my (sighs) gosh. This is this is like off the beaten path, but did you read Milo Imagines the World by Matt De La Pena? I did. 
I feel like it's just last stop on Market Street again. Am yeah, I wrong? It didn't, no, no, <laughs> okay. you're not. I the cover is yeah cute. It's Was intriguing. That, did that get anything? I feel it, like it got an honor. Maybe I don't think it did. I. I saw it like in. in uh, it was in a lot of the predictions. It lists. was, but I think it didn't get anything. I oh, think that's probably possible. Beca- probably because it of its, just it's a, a similar story yeah. and like the yeah, takeaways were similar and also not as good as Last Up on Market Street. No. So no, I mean it was a fine book, but again, yeah, this isn't really yeah. the time for fine. <laughs> I don't know why I felt books. the need to bring that up just to rag on Matt <laughs> De La Pena, but it's just that I love Last Up on Market Street right. so much, and so I was kind of looking forward to reading that one to my son, and I was kind of like. I don't yeah, know. No. You know. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, it Again, doesn't really huh? stand out, but yeah. you know, that's okay. Not so much. Yeah. Let's look at the Caldecott medal. Okay. Um, so do you want me to go over the four honor books? First? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. So there was one here that I didn't have sad for me. Just <gasps> oh for me my though. Gosh. Oh my it's, gosh. I know, I'm a disappointment. <laughs> <sighs> but it is Have you ever seen a flower illustrated and written by Sean Harris? Did you uh, read that one? Boy, that sounds familiar. Let me just check. That was not one I was familiar with. I didn't see it on any prediction list. I did not see it. I mean, maybe it was in like the Kirkus and I missed it, but. No, no, I didn't. I, I missed that one as well. That flew completely huh. under the radar. Dark horse. For me. Yeah. 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 There you go. And I mean, only an honor. Yeah, so right. whatever. But. <laughs> yeah. Forget <laughs> it. Um, let's see. The next honor was Mel Fell, illustrated and written by Corey R. Tabor. Same author for the Seuss Geisel book. Oh, okay. Yep. okay. Did you read Malfell? No, I didn't. It's the white cover with the little bluebird going right down. Oh, it well, was cute. It sounds fun. Yeah, it, it was cute. And like you get to orient the pages differently oh, partway yeah. through. Yeah, and that's always like a that. crowd pleaser. Those are fun, yeah. Unspeakable, the Tulsa Race Massacre, illustrated yep. by Floyd Cooper, written by Carol Boston Weatherford. There's another nod to that book. And the last honor book was Wonder Walkers, illustrated and written by Micah Archer. That one was cute, too. That's one we have in the collection, and okay. I enjoyed that. Okay. Kind of just about being out in nature and enjoying the wonders huh. that are naturally presented to you. So that was that's yeah. kind of a cute it one. It sounds fun. This, this is the sad thing about my son sort of aging past a picture oh. book, because I we used to just like have these in my head, because we yes. just read them all the time. But now we're just doing chapter books and things. Honestly, so. it's getting close to the same with, yeah. with Ace yeah. and I, because I'm like, all right, you want to sit down and read? He's like, eh. <laughs> like, he doesn't want to read the picture books anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really has to be something that's going to hook him. So I end up just sitting here, sadly, reading them by myself. But I do it. <laughs> darn it. That's it's funny. fine. <laughs> OK. And should we announce the actual Let's winner then? OK, I think we should. The winner for the Ralph Caldecott medal for this year, which it's 100 years this year, right? Oh, yeah, I guess it's I guess I so. think so. Yeah, I think you're right. 100 years. All right. So the winner this year is Watercress, illustrated by Jason Chin. Yes. Um, And written by Andrea Wang. Yes. Watercress was there was something else this got as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, was that it was the, the Asian? It was yes, it was the Picture Book Award winner for the Asian Pacific American Asian Award. Pacific. Yep. yep. So two awards this yeah, year then. Yeah, it did. It was <laughs> <laughs> that that silence there yes. probably said everything yes. it needed to. I understand it winning. Okay. I think it had a really important message. Yeah. And the representa- representation was powerful. Yeah. It wasn't my style of art necessarily. It was kind of like a watercolory, yeah, which just made it look. I, I don't know personally. Yeah. not my favorite art of the year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's it's very good. I yes. think when you compare it to some previous winners, like last year's, we are water bearers and things yes. that 
Um, not not that every time it has to be something, you know, doing something different or a different approach. This is a very simple watercolor sort Absolutely. of realistic approach, and it's it's it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't. I, I don't think like even looking at the honors. I don't know that this would have been the one that was the obvious front runner for me. No, probably not. And sometimes I feel like stories like this, because uh, it's it's a it's a simple story about a family collecting watercress on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and then that elicits some memories from the mom about you know the Chinese American experience, and it's you know it's it's a lovely story. I feel and like heartbreaking. It, for sure. Yes. I feel like it works a little bit better as a coffee table book for adults than a story to read to children. I agree. And that's always kind of a... And even going back to our discussion about Unspeakable. Yeah. You know, that book opened up the door for conversation, which Watercrest could as well, but... It could. It could, but it doesn't invite conversation so much as... It's just... It's an experience. Yeah. To read that book yes, and to, to realize other people's experiences. But yeah. I don't think it offers a lot for young children to take away that from was, it I was curious to know what you thought about that because that was my impression as well. Like yeah. I did read it to my son mm-hmm. and I think some of the some of the more tragic undercurrents there were a little lost on him. Right. And it's not a large part of the book. It's just sort of a, a, a book to reflect on. Mm-hmm. So does it work for children? I'm sure it works for lots. Uh, sure. But I don't think it's an obvious one. No, you know? I don't think so either. So, it may wh- not have been my personal pick, yeah. but I can understand and appreciate the the merit behind yep. it for sure. Yep. And finally, the Newberry. The first honor book was Red, White, and Whole, written by Rajani LaRocca. I don't know anything about that one. Do you? No. Okay. Um, we'll move on then. I guess nothing to talk about there. <laughs> A Snake Falls to Earth, written by Darcy Little Badger. Too Bright to See, written by Kyle Lukoff. That one was on one of the list as well. Stonewall? Was that the Stonewall? I think it was Stonewall, yep. yeah. Um, and then another honor was Watercress, written by Andrea Wang. Which honestly maybe makes a little bit more makes sense to me. Makes a little more sense. As and Newberry, honestly, but... I feel like maybe if they had put a little bit more context mm-hmm. into the story. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense for a Newberry. Yes. You know, yeah. just put a little bit more in, and describe these things. Yeah. I mean, instead of kind of like having it, you know, it's kind of a tightrope. But I think, again, the, and I'm not trying to bash watercress. It's no. just I think that you have to go in with some context and understanding for the book to really land. And if you don't I have agree. that, it's just more confusing, which I guess, you know, maybe then that would be That's the place the where you start learning about it. Yeah. But Yeah. No, it's. It was. It was kind of a tightrope. Yeah. Which yep. way is it going to go? And it deserves it deserves honor. That's for sure. Yeah. That was the last honor book. Yeah. So what's our winner, Kate? To the John Newberry Medal winner for the most outstanding contribution to children's literature was the last Quintista, written by Donna Barba Higuera. Which and it's also won the Pure Belpre Children's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that is the, uh, 2022 Newberry medal winner. Yeah. And you said you've read this, I right? have read it. Yes, I have read it. It's, so it's sci-fi and mm-hmm. it's, it's, they're moving to a new planet. There's like kind of a colony ship that's going to a new planet called Sagan. They have to leave some family members behind. The little girl who's the primary character in it, her name is Petra. She's really sad about leaving her grandma, who is like the family storyteller. Right. And or the, the Quintista, which I had the not Quintista. heard that term before I this. Wasn't I wasn't sure either. I had to look it up. When I saw it, I was like, is it about counting? Because that, uh, there you that go. shows my elementary school Spanish like coming <laughs> through there. 
but so it's about Petra sort of taking the taking the mantle of the storyteller from her grandma as she leaves her behind on a dying earth. And then they're on this ship, and the journey's going to take like hundreds of years. So they're sort of in like a suspended animation right. kind of thing. Okay. And this is a bit of a spoiler, but it's but it's what they tell you on the dust jacket. So well, then not too much. She wakes up to realize that everybody's memory has been wiped, <gasps> and in an attempt to have like a true fresh start, restart. But she retains her memories ah. and the stories, and so she sort of. The, the gist of the of the book is that she uses her ability as a storyteller to kind of keep the world alive and to, and to connect and reach with other people. So that element is unique. And I think right. that's very cultural using the, the idea of yes. stories as oral history and as a way of kind of, you know, keeping connections to the past and grounding you going forward. Uh, so that was an interesting element of it. I th- My criticism, I guess, would be that the whole colony ship and waking up and something's gone wrong has just been done one million times. Yeah. And I'm not even a big sci-fi fan and I know that. Yeah. And so <laughs> I guess like the broad strokes of the story, anybody could guess. Yeah. And I think because of that, it kind of hurts maybe the deeper point about mm. this connection to your roots and your heritage and that being the, the thing that guides you going forward to me was a little bit lost in the reader experience because I was a little like, yep. Okay. So now the next thing that's uh-huh, going to happen is, uh-huh. and then it happens. So, so do you think it would have benefited from just being simplified in time and place? <sighs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Like just my personal opinion, like right. as a reader, what it would have taken. I feel like, it was it may be a one or the other kind of thing. Like okay. maybe either go deeper sci-fi or just don't really have that be an element. I don't sure. know. I don't know. But but the familiarity of the beats of the story took it down at least a star for That's me. That's too bad. But again, I think the underlying point that it was trying to get across is a valuable one, and I totally understand. Absolutely. Like why that elevates it. I think for some. Well, and I mind, like. But. I mean, I've only read the blurb about yeah. it, you know, but I like the idea of she has to carry on these stories. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. And yeah. then it's like in space. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah exa- <laughs> oh, exactly. okay. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. So it's just like, it kind of gives it a twist that I don't know that I would always meld together. Yeah. It's so, definitely, it's definitely a junior level book. You know, it, I mean, is it's it a like J? eight Do to 12. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would put it. Which is usually what they, what the Newberry ends yeah. up being. But. Yeah. And so, you know, I think because of that, I was reading it with a different lens and I think I was That's forgiving true. of things that I might not have been otherwise, but there's also a little element of like, she seems fine with this. You know what I mean? Like she's really thinking on her toes quickly and adapting to like, and she's supposed to be between eight and she's 12, 12 probably. Yeah. She's 12. And so there's a little bit of that where I was like, wow, that always, okay. that always gets me. Yeah. They really overestimate what a 12 year old yes. can do. I feel like yes. sometimes. <laughs> so I would say that it's a pleasant read. It's a quick read. I think it's worth reading. I think, Particularly if you're a sci-fi fan, you're not going to find new sci-fi elements here. If you're not a sci-fi fan, I think it's a light enough of a sci-fi that that will be off-putting to you. There you go. Maybe that'll be a nice, you know, nice part. Maybe it'll feed into some sci-fi. I think there's some broad appeal to it. I think maybe coming from like kind of a somebody who has sci-fi interests, maybe that also kind of hurt it in my estimation. That could be. But again, yeah. I mean, you know, you pick how many books are published yeah. every year and yep. somebody's got to pick a, the best one. Yep. I'm glad it's not my job. Yeah. 
Same. that'd be crazy. Same. So yeah. I guess I guess it they was, probably know what they're doing. The, so I've only been in to, to these awards in person once. And That's it right. was just it was really interesting to see because there's a lot of like the decision makers obviously were there mm-hmm. and people who were really invested in it. And it was like each award was somebody's Super Bowl. I remember you, you know? guys telling it me It really that. was. You know, like all the people around us were like, here it comes, here it comes. And then they'd announce it. And there was like genuine screams. And like if somebody had like a bah, 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 kind of like, I wouldn't have been surprised because that was the oh that was the atmosphere of the room. That's amazing. So it was fun and it was exciting. And, I and mean it, like, and truly then these people invest so much yeah you know probably they have read as many of the newly published books that they can get their hands on and they really have favorites that they're pulling for you know yeah it's not too far off from a sport when you're when you really want to get down to the nerddom of it here but i i think it also kind of gives you some insight into why sometimes the picks feel a little bit like they're more geared towards the pickers than the children yes that is entirely Not true. Not saying that happened, but I think in times... But in times. <laughs> with certain books, you're kind of like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. We, but, know, we know why this was yeah. chosen, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think there, there's a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff in here. Of the ones that I read that made any of the lists, I think I'd have to give it to Unspeakable. Um, yeah. But I really like Soul Food Sunday. I'm, I'm going to have to read through that one, and I can't wait to read Boogie Boogie, y'all. Okay. That one. Yeah. And that one, I think, was in the Odyssey awards as well because they made like an audio book yes yeah that's true so that's interesting to me yeah i, I can't wait to yeah. experience the it audio really so that'll good. be fun i'm uh, so so the one that i didn't know about before but i want to read now is too bright to see yeah i have that right here that's like my next read list so you know i saw the out. cover of that and i thought that i had ordered it already it doesn't look like i have oh i was like what did i do but that's just me hmm. i was like i got that one hmm. and then i was like no i didn't okay Dang it. well i always i mean any awards <laughs> like this i always like i just like to kind of see and, and as you were saying in the lead up there it, it, it is good to kind of um it's it's a good way to see like books that are maybe outside of your subject area that you might not normally read or making sure that you're getting a, a cross section of diverse authors Absolutely. and uh subjects and main characters and stuff i think it's a super helpful uh super helpful thing to think so you can find this any place the yeah, full list google um, it <laughs> i was looking directly on the ala site which we'll put on the twitter you can find it all the book show so we'll put the list of the full um rundown of, of awards nominations uh honor selections and all that and we do have quite a lot here we do we do have sure quite a lot here <laughs> and i'm sure more will be coming once we see oh, some of the winners maybe. are so <laughs> but they are also pretty readily available throughout the system yes. too so put holds on them we'll get them for you uh lots lots good here lots worth to read so absolutely anyway uh in the next episode, Malik is going to be back. We're doing a special spotlight for Black History Month on the new Run series based I'm so on excited for kind that. of a spinoff, continuation there, of the John yeah. Lewis March series. And a lot of the work on this book was completed before John Lewis's passing. Yes. So I'm not sure how many uh, they're going with this, but at least book one is out now. That's exciting. So we're going we're gonna to be looking at that and digging into that a little bit more. I was kind of surprised that they were continuing on the series because I remember, I don't remember why we were talking about this, but you and I were talking specifically we were. about March Volume 3 and how uh, it's how very relevant? packed. Re- relevant, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But specifically, just it was so packed. It, yes. it felt like, the, I thought they were trying to end the series. It did seem like it. Because there was so much story to tell and it was really... So I wonder if maybe after that they were kind of like, you know, there is more here. We could, go we could keep going. Yeah. So I'm kind of maybe more interested in reading Run just because I feel like that 
period is less documented than what's covered in March. Right. So. And I mean, it did offer a fresh perspective. For sure. For, for sure. With John Lewis is telling in March. Absolutely. So that, that I mean, is eye-opening. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if this hasn't been documented as much, then yeah. it should be a whole new world so, there. Plenty of copies in the system, so you can read along with me and Malik, and we'll be covering that in the next episode. You can also join me and Kate for a book club yeah. on Deadly Inside Scoop, which is, I want to say, February 15th. 15th. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to be covering that there. And then Tuesday um, at 1030. Every third Tuesday, you can join us for a cozy, cozy read. Uh, Kate, what's coming out kids-wise that we might want to talk about? Uh, well, I've got the Ch- Take Your Child to the Library Day. That's right. Coming up on February 5th. Yes. Big deal. That is a national day that libraries try to participate yep. in. Yep. We're going to have Chris Johnson do a magic show in the Nancy Howe Auditorium. Yes. The I Love Reading magic show. So that'll be fun. We are going, and then after that, we are going to... To have the SPCA bring some cute little critters. I'm always a fan of this. I know. Yeah. If I can get animals here, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and kids are going to get a chance to read with them. We are going to have a life-size Paddington here to take pictures <laughs> of. I'm pretty yes. excited about that. Yeah. I love Paddington. Yeah. I never know if he's still relevant or not. But I love people, Paddington. I mean, people are still talking about Paddington too. So, so right? I really, yeah, I think the movies kind of brought him back so in a big, I'm bad excited. way. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. We're going to have Paddington here. Yeah. And uh, speaking of trying to get as many cute, cuddly critters here yes. we, uh, we we may or may not have gotten a pet we here might. at the library we might have we gotten might. a pet and i would like to finally show it off yeah. on february 5th yeah so everybody should come and see what our new pet is yes. and maybe offer name suggestions yes yeah. because yeah. the little thing doesn't have one yet just lots of nicknames from yeah. all the staff that have met it so that's that's the goal on February fifth. So yes. make sure everybody comes on out. Of course, masks required. Library. Yes, masks Goes required. Goes without saying, but everybody masks are over too. And we are spreading out the events throughout the library. Yes. So it's not going to be a big packed in no. one space. No, we're, we're going to have... be all across the library. The the read with the rescue with the SPCA will be in the exhibition room. Yep. Paddington nice will be space. in the picture book room, so we can flow back and forth between those. And obviously, yep. you know, Chris Johnson will be in the auditorium. Down in the so we'll on. be all over. Yep. Lots yep. of room, lots of space, Exciting and lots stuff. to do. Exciting stuff. All right. Well, Kate, thanks for coming back. Sorry we missed 2021. I know. Well, I don't blame you. Okay. I blame COVID. That's, I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Next time, Malik will be with me covering the series run. We'll see you then.